Hello and welcome to Fancy Black Lady. I'm your host, Jamila Carrington-Smith. And I'm your host, Landria Seals-Green. If you love Fancy Black Lady, tell your friends about us. And for those of you who are Apple Podcast listeners, be sure to leave us a rating. In fact, leave us a review. Tell us what you love about the show. It helps us understand what's working, and it helps new listeners discover us. Thanks. On today's episode, we are talking with our very first guest, Cecile Richards, who is co-founder of Supermajority, the women's political organization, along with Alicia Garza and Aijen Pu, has gotten together to form this incredible national organization to take advantage of the fact that women do in fact make up a supermajority in this country. They are dedicated to bringing women together, giving them lots of different ways to become active in the political process, regardless of where they stand, because it turns out that women have several issues in common that they care about. They recently deployed a survey, the largest of its kind, of women in America to determine the issues that are important to us. And she's just done incredible work throughout her career. And Cecile is our very first guest on the show. She is, and we were trying to figure out how that would really work because we it's it's usually just the two of us. So we were careful about deciding if this is something that we should do, but also thought that her the presence of the work of Supermajority was important enough to, um, we would shine a light on it today. And we are one of many lights and we are honored that she took the time to sit down with us to talk about um, Supermajority. And when you introduced it to me, because I had never heard of it, I, I did not know anything mm-hmm. about it. And you introduced it to me and the selling point, And I don't know if it really needs a selling point because I'm a woman. They really want to highlight the, the issues of women of color, particularly black women. But for me, it was a surprise because I've been involved in issues to do with women. And for a very long time, for most of the history of women's movements in this country, it's been white women taking advantage of of the groundwork that African-Americans have laid with civil rights and using that to further advance other civil rights, which is the rights of women. But unfortunately, the way that has played out is it was white women who took primacy. And I think once white women were taken care of, they pushed women of color to the side. But you and I are living this experience that we're now calling intersectional. We're women, mm-hmm. and we are black people, we are both of these things. And so all the time we are thinking about all of these spaces that we occupy. So I was really impressed when I went to a supermajority event about a year ago and found out about their super rule, which is effectively that We have to put the needs of women of color at the center of all of our efforts. What I know is that if we aren't doing the right thing for all of us, we are doing the right thing for none of us effectively. They flip the table on the history of what it means to move a a feminist movement, if you will. And they made it audacious. They made it audacious by putting it at the center of what they do. So that was the reason why I wanted to talk to her. Yeah, and she's on Fancy Black Lady. She's on Fancy Black Lady. We have all of these women who listen to this show, mm-hmm. and 
they are going to have a chance to learn about supermajority and understand how we all can get inside of the arena. So the way this came about was a couple of months ago, I was doing some work for another organization that I work for, Fems for Dems in Michigan, shout out to Fems, and had the opportunity to have a conversation with Cecile Richards about women working together across perceived boundaries. And so I had this conversation with her, it was aired on Facebook Live, and it was wonderful but really established what I thought was a good rapport with her. So naturally, after that was done, I emailed and invited her to join us. So I'm just thrilled that she was able to talk with us today. Me too, me too. And it was a good conversation. Yeah, we talked for about 30 minutes. And so here are a few minutes from our conversation with Cecile. And we start off with her thoughts on what she's seeing right now in terms of women translating all of this energy into action. I do wonder, though, how you are seeing some of that energy translating into action. And I think you probably have a unique perspective on that. Well, I mean, I've seen it since 2016. You know, it's interesting there, too. I remember even though Hillary Clinton got 3 million more votes than Donald Trump and, of course, barely lost Michigan, as we can all talk about. After that election, you know, I mean, I'm sure some people get under the covers for weeks, but basically women just started organizing. And then the efforts to defund Planned Parenthood, women were just at the ready. Beat that back. When family separation at the border, um, women rushed to the border to call out these horrific practices, the murder of black people in this country, the young women, young black women on the lines of leading massive demonstrations calling for racial justice. So I've seen that actually women have been doing it, have been doing it now for a long time. I think my hope is that women are doing it across race, that white women are beginning to understand and actually talk about the violence to black people in this country, that racial violence and white supremacy is a stain on this country that we have never dealt with. My hope, of course, in a very short term, is that women are motivated enough and organized enough that they go vote because women will be the majority of voters this election season. They have the opportunity to change not only the presidency, but also, of course, what's happening all over the country. Michigan showed that can be true, that when women vote, uh, things change. So I'm seeing it everywhere, not only in voting, but I think on every major issue that this country should be dealing with. And that's inspiring. So it is inspiring. And, you know, certainly my action and, and the work that I do that actually led me to meet you. And toward the end, I'll tell you a little story about kind of how I came to like you so much, to be really honest. But there is a lot of that. There is a lot of women's organizing. But it's my understanding that supermajority is actually giving women a place to put that energy as well. In my experience, I hear over and over again people saying, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do or I don't know how to do it. Now, you can take that a couple of ways. You know, one way is that people are looking for a way to engage and they're looking for something specific that they can do. And you have to sort of give them the option that sparks their excitement. It may also mean that the work that needs to be done, they are not willing to do, right? So I'm curious because I know that supermajority is giving women lots of options and ways to pull together and move together, not so much beyond a single issue or event, but in a way that's a little broader. 
I think it's really important. Like, actually, I'm going to kind of go back to what something Landria said, which is you can be like living your life and doing your things and go, I really should be, I should be doing something more, but just not get to it. And there's different reasons. Sometimes it's, you got little kids. Sometimes it's like you're working two jobs. Sometimes it's, you just haven't found that way. And so, or your path in, or you haven't found a community that seems like the community you want to be in. And that is really what we're trying to unlock at Supermajority. Right. As our one of our co-founders, Catherine Granger, would say, uh, we're trying to organize the woke and the awakening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, And frankly, not make this an opportunity for joy. Because if we are just about how bad everything is every day and how hard this life is, then we're already gonna, only going to get the folks who are already doing this. Mm-hmm. So we're actually doing a big um, event, Supercharge, which is... Not only to have, we're going to have great folks like um, Senator Kamala Harris and Speaker Pelosi and inspiring leaders, but we're going to also have really great comedians like Retta talking about like how you go vote and just things that actually, I think, bring women in and also, I think, reduce this, this factor of folks feeling like, well, activism is for somebody else. Like, I don't know how to do that. And so trying to break it down, make it simple be a majority leader, like get some training, meet some other women, or you can text bank. Some people don't want to pick up the phone and call anybody, or you can phone bank, or you can learn how to register voters. So we're trying to put out an array, if you will, like a smorgasbord of things, and folks can just kind of choose their own adventure. The important thing, I think, is if every woman feels like she's empowered to do just a little bit more. That sounds fantastic, and I love the notion of connecting with the joy of doing it with other women. I appreciate the awoke and the awakening because there's different levels of readiness that people have. And if there's a place for everyone, then everyone will come, including the people who are skeptics about, is this really for me? So the awoke and the awakening, just I embrace that part personally. So thank you for that. Well, we don't want to take as much time because I know that we have a hard stop at 3 p.m. Is that correct? Close to, yeah. I have to prepare for this interview with the speaker, actually. I'm kind of nervous. Oh, you got it. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you told me that. (laughs) You got it. Well, listen, the one thing I want to tell you before we go is that, I know I didn't tell you this, growing up, my mother was always a fan of your mother. So the Richards name is just, you know, it was always well thought of in my home. But when I hit a certain age, when I was young, my father one day asked me if I was sexually active. And the relationship I have with my father is not one where he is trying to play a game of gotcha or get me in trouble. And so I was honest with him. And so he said, well, look, I know what can happen when young women are sexually active. And it can have all kinds of effects on, you know, your ability to move through the world in the way that you choose to. He actually booked and took me to my first appointment at Planned Parenthood, which was very important to me because this was not my mother's gynecologist because that was a whole other, I didn't want to be in that space. I felt like I had some degree of empowerment and I won't say control, but certainly empowerment over an important part of my life as I was a young woman and, you know, moving through career and, you know, all kinds of levels of independence. And it was about that same time that I just kind of became a little more aware of you 
but I've been watching you from afar for all this time. And so when I say that, you know, I am, when I said a year ago that I was so glad to meet you, when I introduced my children to you, when I, you know, all of this is deeply personal to me because I do feel like the work that you have done has had a direct impact on my life. And so I just wanted to let you know that. That's beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. I hear about dads who, yeah. this is actually one of those, I don't know, maybe it's crazy hopes that I have, that fathers are beginning to want their daughters to have every opportunity. That is a generational change. So I love that story. And I guess I would just say, I mean, thank you for thanking me. Obviously, I wasn't the clinician there. And so I always encourage people to thank the local folks at Planned Parenthood. I know, I actually know so many of the people at Planned Parenthood in Michigan. They do extraordinary work. Mm-hmm. under all kinds of tough circumstances, and they are really great, devoted people. They have changed folks' lives and opportunities. And really, it was such an honor to get to work with them. So, um, And I love meeting your boys. Oh, my God. How darling. I hope they're doing well. They are doing well. I'm very proud of them. Mm-hmm. No, Thank I'm you for asking. asking. Well, and I'm glad that whatever investments you had to make led you to get a free class in French. That's pretty... <laughs> Maybe that's one... I don't know, small side benefit to this terrible time. There are many benefits. There are many benefits. Um, yeah. And I don't mind putting myself in an uncomfortable place. I think it's good for the character. Yeah, I'm trying to take Italian, and I tell you, it's miserable. We'll have to compare notes after this is all oh, over. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And it's absolutely great to see you again. Um, thank you all for doing this. Thanks for everything you're doing in Michigan. And for just to bring people in, um, encourage people. I do think the most important thing we can do right now as women is support each other and lift each other up. And so thanks for the work that you do every day to make that happen. Likewise, likewise. Thank you, Cecile. Yeah, good to see you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, I want to go back to the part of that conversation where we talked about the fact that women are just doing so many things all of us are it's just it's so true we're all doing so many things mm-hmm. maybe too many yeah maybe too many yeah i was telling my husband that i can't wait until after the election but then it's like that's not true i'm just gonna do different work i've just had this conversation with myself over the weekend about how much i need to slow down well actually i didn't have this conversation with myself I'm going to see my college roommate in Champaign in a few weeks. We're driving to see them. And um, I was listing all the things and she was like, this is too much. And she had this long conversation with me. My friend Camelia, mm-hmm. who is the ultimate volunteer, had a conversation with me about okay. the fact that I maybe I was doing too much and her concern. Um, but... I do think there's some merit into uh, slowing down, even in an election season. But for me, slowing down also means, it doesn't just mean the doing of the thing. Like I need to turn off the information. So as long as the information is still coming at me, I feel engaged. So I need to quiet all of that. But if everybody would do a little something, it would be really helpful. You know, because I think everyone feels like they're busy. That's the thing. It's, uh, it's like pain. It's hard to know 
what someone else's 10 is. Your 10 may be my four. But just objectively, you know, it's just like, you can do one more thing. People can do one more thing. And you can do one more thing for a little while. You can do anything for a little while. But I can't tell people that. I actually, uh, I actually, I did something that I, I don't exactly regret it, but it's not something that I am proud that I did the other day. Um, but we were all trying to make a meeting to make something happen that had to happen really quickly. And this woman who has children who are my same age, our children go to the same schools. Um, and she works from home. Uh, she did one of those replied to all emails. So it was like, well, you know, can we, okay, everybody, can we make a meeting work at 11 o'clock? And she says, oh no, I can't do, I can't do that day at all. I have a Zoom meeting from 10 to 12. Plus my kids have a half day. And I'm like, I have a Zoom meeting at 8 a.m., 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. I was gonna move my nine to 12 for this meeting. Then I have a recording session. I have all these other things. Then I have the curriculum night for one of my kids she didn't have curriculum night that day. I'm like, then I have curriculum night. And this is the board of education meetings until I fall asleep in a chair in my living room. And yeah, my kids also have a half day. What are you even talking about? And I, I normally don't do that. But in that case, I just felt like maybe you shouldn't reply all if you're going <laughs> to, right? If you're like, I have one meeting and my grown kids have a half day at school and I don't have to go pick them up because they're just in the bedroom, right? Maybe you just don't reply all to that one. I occasionally, more times than I'm willing to admit, and secretly admire people who who have boundaries like that and who have these simplistic schedules and they can't do one more thing and their schedule is 20% or 10% of my own. Yes. And they're like, I can't, I, I, I can't do so it. So I and don't I think admire myself, it because they're saying- Yes, you can. I don't admire it because they're saying I can't. If they're saying, I won't, I will not, that's, I respect that. But if you're just like, oh, I can't, I have a meeting. And then like, what am I going to do with the kids? It's like your kids are hanging out. They're very happy to hang out and watch cartoons all day. Well, you know, that's the, that's, that's the lexicon. That's, that's how they say it. But is, is she doing too little or are we doing so much? It's too much. Certainly the second one, it's not my place to judge the first one. Although I did my best so, impression. So maybe we balance I did my it. best impression of judging the first one. <laughs> so maybe if she did one more thing and you know, we did one less thing, then the scales would balance a little bit better. Or maybe if you don't um, reply to all that because you have one meeting that you can't do all damn day. How about that? <laughs> you know, sometimes I want to be her. Like I can't I can't I can't because I have lunch. And I don't have lunch anymore. It's like, I'm just kind of getting lunch as I can, right? And it's like, I'm running to the bathroom, but you know, the the lesson, you know, we started off so well, beginning of pandemic, we started off so well, like schedules and yeah. all of that stuff. Now we are working overdrive. Because you were one it's, of those, it's an overdrive. you're one of those color-coded chicks, right? In terms of a schedule? Yes. I try to be. Yeah. I try to be, you've seen, you've never been into my office, but you've probably seen my whiteboard with all of the sticky notes and the colors of the sticky notes. And 
all of this stuff. But um, I mean, it started off organized. Mm-hmm. It started off that way. But hey, if she can't do it. Maybe I should take a class. Maybe she has the answer and I should just take a class. No, I no, she no, we're not taking a class. No, she don't have a class. She can't do oh, that. Oh, she can't either. do that. That's true. But no, no. Um, but I do need better boundaries though. I really do. I did exercise them last week. Someone sent me a three o'clock meeting. It was two thirty, and I was like, I cannot make this meeting. Um, but supermajority is on September twenty sixth. And for all the people who can't do one more thing um, and all the people who are doing too much, everyone's invited. I am going to be there. I have registered and it is on my calendar, which means a lot because I register for many things, but not everything makes the calendar all the time, yes. but it is on my calendar. And um, what is the super majority supercharge event? What's that gonna be about? Well, apparently it's about getting women together and just helping them feel like organizing and activism is for them. The event is open to everyone. It's free to sign up at supermajority.com. And again, it's happening this Saturday, September 26th, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern time. But the real reason why I'm excited about this event is that it's for the rest of us. It's for people who maybe don't know for sure that activism is for them, but who want to do something. This is the answer to the question, what can I do? It's an answer. Because I think there's a very good question that people ask themselves that people who work in the activism space all the time, maybe uh, they get busy too. And so it sounds like someone has slowed down a second to say, wait a second, how can we bring along all of these people who are living their lives and who are busy because wherever your baseline was before covid after covid you're doing more that's true it's it's going to be a lot for people after covid i don't mean to change the subject but have you thought about what it's going to be for people after covid look you heard me talk about that french class where he's like and what will you be doing five years in the future i'm like i really don't i don't know that answer in english I don't know what I will be doing six months in the future. Um, At this point, I am, I used to go bike riding every day. It was one of the things I did with my dad. It was our thing. Every morning, in the morning, we'd be out before the sun was up. And he always taught me, and I took this as a metaphor in life, that when things are hard, like if you're going up a steep hill, you turn your gear way down, and you don't look at the top of the hill, you keep your eyes down and you just focus on the moment that you're in. So this is a very steep hill for me. All of this, this moment and just the sum of all the parts make for a very steep hill for me and for a lot of people I imagine. My head is down, I am pedaling, my gears are low, I'm trying to prioritize only the things that must be done and focus on those things almost to the exclusion of everything else. Now. What makes my list of what must be done, you know, is very personal to me. It's things that matter to me. It's things that matter in terms of my civic engagement. It's things that matter in terms of my personal and intellectual growth. But those are the things that matter. And yeah, I'm head down and I'm working hard. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic at all when I say that that is admirable. Because I, I do think it is. Um, I think for me in this moment, my eyes 
are, you know how you get an eye exam and they flip it up, they flip the um, I, the machine. Is this A or B, one or two? Like yeah, it says A or B and they flip yeah. it. I feel like um, I have a better level of focus and clarity and I feel like that has been lifted. So maybe I've been cloudy, pretty blurry and it's just been lifted mm -hmm. in a really meaningful way for me lately. And I, my eyes are wide open and I feel like I, I'm clear about what is important to me and what things that I, I now need to uh, put to the side because I probably have added too many things to my bag. Okay. Um, so that has been one of the the bigger lessons and with that what are the things that i can be present physically present for or virtually present for but also mentally present emotionally present like i like to now it is important to me to bring my whole self into things and not multitask as much so like in pre preparation for this i turn my computer all the way off turn it back on again so that it could rest a little bit hmm. and I, I don't have as many tabs up right now. So it's like I am present. And the only thing that is on my computer are the things that we have decided that we would talk about in this moment, mm -hmm. because that is my full, it has my full attention and I just don't want to miss anything. So while I do many things, when I am engaged in the one, I do the one and that's all I'm doing. So that has been important to me. So. I appreciate head down and that's important. That's really important because there's a lot of things that need to be done. But I now know this about myself that I can only do really one good thing at a time, you know, in sequence. I'm right? smiling right now because I've known for a long time that I it, it is not possible for me to multitask. I've always thought multitasking is a lie either that or everyone can do it and I cannot. So there was a good point where, you know, the whole work trend was about multitasking and I just quickly learned that I could not do it. And it occurred to me that it, it's not because there's something special about what's happening with me. I just maybe think people are fooling themselves into thinking that they are multitasking. But for me, it's just super clear. So if we are talking, if I start writing while we are talking, my ears shut off. And all I can focus on is what I'm writing. So it's like that for me. And so it's also true that when it comes to tasks, whatever moment I'm in, I am doing only that. For me, the slowing down is not letting things stack so that I am exhausting myself with one you know, area of focus and onto the next and the next and the next. So I'm focusing, yes, but focusing on wildly divergent things in a day and exhausting myself that way. But at this point, I feel like the top of the hill is is coming. It's coming, but I'm still head down until we get there. Yeah. And one of the peaks of the mountain would be the, or the top of the hill would be the election. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. That, that's my reaction to it. And it's not because things aren't going well. I'm not happy or pleased with the, the pace of, and I'm, you know, I'm Biden Harris all the way. I'm, it's not that I am not pleased with the pace of things. It's just that for me, it is the voting 
the political climate, the the racial pan, the cultural racial pandemic. It's all of those things at the same time that has really made me not sad. Um, it has been more more eye opening than I needed it to be in my life right now. I am deeply disturbed, and I am nervous about the emotional spaces of people if things do not work out the way that most people I believe want them to. And that is, it deeply disturbs me. I'm very concerned about children for some, I just, and just people that I've met and how everyone is dealing with this all of the pandemics that we're under and what that looks like when this is over. Because if we don't progress mentally, emotionally, and and fill ourselves, I feel like after this is over, we will still be, we will be locked in these spaces. And then we'll be interacting with each other with these emotionally hijacked. It's not even my term. Someone else made this term up, but just being emotionally hijacked. So, so what's, what's been good, if I could highlight anything good Mm -hmm. of this is that I have been able to see two people that I absolutely adore and we have not seen each other in maybe in several years. So that has been wonderful. So the one college roommate, her daughter goes to college near me. So I was able to, over the weekend, bring her some treats that her mother was going to mail. And I thought to myself, I'm Mrs. Abdullah. And that's my other roommate's mom because she lived from, was um, a native of the town and she would bring us stuff to our apartment in our dorm when she would cook. That's really nice. And I thought, I am now Mrs. Abdullah. She made us nice treats. Nice. Everybody needs a... Mrs. Abdullah, because when you leave home for college, you're not fully fledged yet. No. So it's nice to just have a just a somebody to bring you a little warm meal and a place to go. So nice. It's nice that you can be that person for someone. Yeah, I just brought us some chips from Trader Joe's. I mean, I didn't cook, but it was nice. I felt. It, I felt I'm sure it was your signature fancy chips. I'm they sure you found a way to make it they fancy. Pumpkin. But over the weekend, I made pumpkin hala, no, brioche bread, pumpkin spice, brioche bread. It was French toast. And it was so good. It sounds good. It was delicious. Um, so that was fun. But you didn't make the bread from scratch, did you? Let's give me credit. Let's give me You made the no, bread from no, scratch? No, I didn't. And but then it, you made French no, toast? No, I didn't. Oh. That, that was like... <laughs> But it felt, it, it felt, it could I have. could have. It felt in that moment, yes. the way that I love it so much that I made the bread. Right. Um, but no, I didn't yeah, make yeah, the bread. Yeah. You made the dough. How about that? <laughs> to buy the bread, to make the toast. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Thanks for listening to Fancy Black Lady. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and visit our store at fancyblacklady.com. And as always, keep it fancy.